stop and think Why spend too much time just getting ready Let me be honest I don't know a single thing that I haven't done to Today is June 26th of 2020, Friday of the 12th week in Ordinary Time, and you are tuned into Deacon's Discussions Drinks. And playing and waiting around. It's a shame that my hands start shaking all of the time when you're around me. But this time, this time, girl, I know what's bothering me. Hey, good evening, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Deacon's Discussions and Drinks. I'm Deacon Tim Stout. I'm Deacon Dallas Kelly. I'm following Wynn. And tonight we're coming to you from Cardome, just outside of the recording studio in the chapel. And you ask why? Well, tonight for the first time we have two live guests with us, and we needed some more room. Right, guys? Social distant, baby. We wanted to spread out a little bit. So tonight we have Miss Denise Whittington with us. Hello. And Miss Catherine Coleman. Hello. Two women who help make our parish a dynamic and exciting place to worship and grow in faith. So please welcome us. Well, join us in welcoming them to the program. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. welcome. We're not going to put you on the spot and start asking you questions right away. Unless you want us to. Because <laughs> we can do that. Well, we but, will. But we will get to that for sure. But we'd like to start uh, the the episode with uh, just current events. And that helps kind of maybe bring up some topics that we can talk about. Or it just breaks the ice, whichever way you want to go about it. And uh, Father Lynn never has one oh, to start with. Really? You have one? Of course I got one. Okay, then you get to go first. First time, first time. Well, apparently, beside they wanted to torn out all statues, they want to knock down the Mount Rushmore as well. Oh, I, I, I heard haven't that. heard that. I haven't one. heard that. Oh, one. Yeah. Just yeah. one of the uh, uh, images, or uh, all of them? I think all of them. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> I, I'm speechless. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I just don't think you can re- erase history. History is hey. an important part of who we are and how we got here. Uh, obviously, history has its good points and it has its bad points, right? And if we start tearing down statues, does that mean we want to erase our history? Shouldn't we learn from our history? Is that your point, Father? Uh, exactly. It is what it is, right? Yeah, they also uh, attacked uh, or tried to, did tear down uh, Sarah's. Sarah's, uh, yeah. Jennifer. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. It's just a crazy time we're living in. Um, nothing surprises me anymore. Steve and I were talking beforehand. You know where where does it where does it end? So hopefully, um, you know, once we get through this election, I think this election has a lot to do with it. Once we get through the election, then we can kind of settle into whatever the new normal is going to be. Dallas, I know you got something. Does it is it compatible or is it completely different from that? Completely different. Okay, the title is French Town Bands Prayer Possession Started in the 1340s to Ward Off the Plague. I mean, that was what it, how it started to ward off the plague back in 1340. For the first time since the 14th century, a Catholic procession that takes place every year on the eve of the Feast of St. John the Baptist in the town of Tule was officially banned 
by civil authorities under the pretext of the COVID-19 regulations. Local residents were shocked and surprised to learn hours before the march was to take place that the local prefect, the government's representative in the 100 or so departments of France had decided not to allow it to go ahead. Ironically, the Luna, as the procession is called, because it takes place at nightfall when the moon becomes visible, first took place around 1340 when Tula, a town of 6,000 souls that had been occupied some years earlier by the English, was suffering from famine and a great mortality rate. According to oral tradition, a monk of the diocese was praying in the cathedral for the town that was going through so much hardship when he received a vision of St. John the Baptist asking him to organize a march around the city that would ward off the plague. This is the first time it even was processed through the French Revolution. First time in six or seven hundred years. Wow. But the passion play in Germany is too. They do it one every ten years. The reason that town did that play once every ten years in honor to ward off the plague, the Black Plague. And over 600 years they did that, every 10 years. This time they canceled it because of a plague. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> well, my, I'm going to compliment that with one of the things. I'm reading a biography of George Washington. So, And during uh, his uh, presidency, they, they battled the yellow fever and uh, wiped out lots and lots of people. But just reading how they dealt with it, you know, we always think we're unique, right? What we're doing in our time time frame. Nothing new. Nothing. There's nothing <laughs> new. They they shut down lots lots of lots of the government. Uh, did all kinds of different stuff, uh, but a lot more people died as a percentage of the 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 population at the time. So uh, there's just nothing different or new that happens in this world that hasn't really happened before. Agree. 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 So when you're done reading about him, are you going to tear his statue down? <laughs> no, but it's interesting because uh, the the book I'm towards the end of the book it has it's a big book. Actually, I'm listening to it. I listened to it on the way back and forth to to the mine, and uh, I think there's like seventy chapters. I mean, it's sixty five hours. I think of listening. So it, it's yeah, it's taken a long time. Well, your vacation coming up, right? No, I'm almost done with it. It's been I've been listening to it for a year, so, <laughs> so it's really good. But just just listening to them talk about slavery and his position on slavery is unique because uh, he he was for emancipation, but because of the culture, the way the culture was, and what what it, it was very much a for Washington, and I'm obviously I'm I'm reading into what I'm reading. It's my interpretation of what I'm reading. It for him, it was about economy. Is all it was about, and uh, you know there was a lot of protest at the time because they were using slave labor to build the capital. Uh, you know, and that they, they didn't have any, they didn't have people to build. That's that's what the slaves did. They built, formed the economy, and he was against it. Uh, but in, in the same breath, it's interesting that he had slaves that that. Uh, escaped, ran away from him, uh, 
two of them, particularly a, a woman and a man. The woman's, I forget what the woman's name was. Hercules was the, the man, and uh, he he let the woman go, wasn't interested in finding her, but he, and they just didn't understand. It's it's interesting to hear their rationalization, their how they rationalized that, because they're, they were prolific writers. He had 87 chests of documents related to the Revolutionary War. So everything they did, they wrote down. And so they have all these writings, and they just didn't understand why the slaves wanted to be free when they they gave them they felt like they gave them so much and even the other slaves the, the, the slaves that escaped and they would run into people in the northern part and say well, why would you want to leave george washington you had it great and it's it's the thing that we all want that we all have that we want so much is freedom right so it just it's just interesting to read about that and just gives you a different perspective mm-hmm. on things for sure so but they will come for washington there's no doubt in my mind they will come. They will come. Yeah, Jefferson, Washington, Hamilton. Um, I mean, but it was the culture at the time, and that—that's the thing that I struggle with the most. Is, is, you know, if you're, if you're in that, it obviously takes time to make changes to culture. Mm-hmm. You just can't. And I think that's what we're going through now. We're going through a culture change. And I think that's why it's so painful. Yeah, you want to watch a great movie? I think it's Amazing Grace about. Uh, when England did away with slavery, and somebody want to help me with his name, is it William Wilberforce or something like that? Amazing Grace. Yeah, watch the movie. It's I mean it's a long, long process, and I believe his name is Wilbur Wil, Wilberforce, or it's close to that. And he was the man behind it over years, uh, trying to get rid of it. He wrote that song, right? What song? There was a conversion of all. Oh. Uh, I don't know if that. I don't know anything about the song. You may know a song, Amazing Grace. <laughs> Two music people here. Come on. I'm not sure who wrote it. The Amazing Grace was. He was a slave trader, and he had a conversion while he shipped the people. Wilberforce. Wilberforce, right? William Wilberforce. Mm-hmm. That's what the Amazing Grace. But I don't about. think he was a slave trader himself, William. Uh, he was just in the legislation, trying to get it passed. Year after year, but it's a fantastic movie. Now that that that's where the the, song came the sound from. came from. Oh, mm-hmm. did that? Yeah, his yeah. part, of his efforts. Yeah. So interesting. Yeah, we'll put that link up in the the show notes for sure. Uh, Wikipedia page anyway, and go from there. William Wilbur Force. Don't see a name like that anymore. William Force. All right, ladies, do y'all have any current events, or y'all just want to go into talking? <laughs> No current event here. Nope. All right. All right. Well, let's let's talk about you guys. Look, I've got a white piece of paper. I love it. So let's start <laughs> with <laughs> Denise. You're talking. We'll let uh, Catherine warm up a little bit more here. So what what your what do you do at St. John's? Let's just let's just start with that. My I, name is Denise Whittington, and I came on as the music director last August. I've just moved to Georgetown, brand new this year. Um, I am the music director for the church, so I play for the masses um, on the weekends and the school mass. Um, I coordinate about thirty musicians. We have tons of talent in our thirty church wow we have about 30 
in and out. So I was about sing, to singers, them all singers and instrument players. Okay. Um, I also teach school, so I have the preschoolers up through eighth grade, and we do some school programs as well. And I've been training some young cantors in fourth grade, and getting a children's choir together too. So, do you, do you think? So, is this your first time in a Catholic church in that role? No, second time. Second time. But I've also taught in Catholic schools as well. I have a career that spans 30 years, and I've served in eight different denominations. So I have a eight. long history of church music. <laughs> eight denominations. Eight denominations. Wow. I didn't know there were eight denominations. <laughs> There's thousands. <laughs> I, know. I was just kidding. I was just kidding. Which one you like the best? <laughs> They're all good. Okay. What, uh, so you're a recent convert too then, right? Yes. I so, became Catholic last year. And what, uh, what attracted you to the faith? Um, just the sense of history and the sense of tradition. I love the liturgy. And I love the, um, the spiritual awareness that comes about with the Catholic faith. I think there's a lot of facets. My... Um, my saint for my conversion was Hildegard von Bingen, who's a I got to write that down. Hold on. Hildegard. I think she, I think she might be related to a, a Wilberforce there. Hildegard von Bingen. And von Bingen. she was a mystic and also a musician. Hildegard, man. Well, musician. I get the musician part of it. Yes. She was a scientist. She was quite a woman of her time. Hildegard of Bingen. There. Boom. That was my, the first chart. She's like the first Hildegard <laughs> that popped up. Interesting. We'll put that in the show notes as well. Awesome. So what, what you came, did you come in, in the Diocese of Lexington or Louisville? Where'd you, the Diocese of Owensboro. Owensboro. Where I was serving. Yes. Owensboro. Who's the bishop there, Father? Bishop Medley. Medley. Uh, he's from Louisville, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. William Medley. So I don't want to be the guy that asks all the questions, fellows. <laughs> so you got I'm going to get. I'm going to do a segue move here real quick. Hold on, hold for you. Get your questions. Get your questions ready. Okay. So who's your favorite musician cantor at the church? Definitely Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> no, we have some great musicians and great cantors. Catherine sings with me quite a bit. So does Anne. Um, Mike Britch is great, but he has his men's group, so I don't get to work with him a whole lot, but they have fun. Stephen Demore's great. He's been running our sound on Sunday mornings for our Cart Cardome masses. That's we have good. a lot of great people. Yeah. And then my little fourth grade girls have done a great job. So I've had some fourth graders that love to canter pre COVID. We'll get to that in a, in a second. Catherine, sorry. It's time. So you're a cantor, but you do so much more than that, right? I mean, I've. how long have you been in, working at this parish now? Too long. Um, <laughs> Too long. Feels like it. <laughs> I started at St. John's School in 2014. Wow. Okay. Teaching fourth grade. Yeah. And. You loved it. Yeah. It was like coming home. Yeah. When I came here. And where'd you come from? I taught two years at St. Mary in Paris. Small school. Very small. 
and a year in public school in Woodford County before that. Much different, obviously, from public school. Very. Right? A lot more paperwork in public schools. Yeah. Yeah. My wife teaches fourth grade in public school. I was teaching middle school. Whoa. God bless you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, middle school's got to be hard to, hard to teach, right? I mean, the kids are, at that age, are getting uh, je ne sais quoi. Attitudes, right? Yeah, there were a lot of challenges there. I had one class that through the year it varied from 32 kids down to 26 and kids would be there and then they'd be gone for a couple of months and then they'd come back and that's hard it was really challenging to try to reach all those kids and i saw 126 kids every day wow how do you remember names like that it takes like six weeks at least yeah. <laughs> i mean even even for denise for you teaching music i mean it's got to be hard to know all the names right I've met so many people. Yeah. And then 126 students just rapid right. fire through. I'm not, I'm not very good with names. I'm good with faces, but I'm not good with names. I'm terrible with names. So they had to stay <laughs> in the same seats until I figured it out. How about you, Padre? Are you good with names? I think so. There's some skills I developed through the years. Yeah? Yeah. Always repeat the name. At least five, six times. While you're talking to him the first time? Mm -hmm. You keep him repeat the name. Repeat the name. I can be introduced to somebody. They, we exchange names. They walk away. It's gone. <laughs> What's their name? <laughs> what was <Whoa>. your name? <laughs> now, you, you, you're fluent in Spanish, right? Yes. And uh, do I, you, did you live in South America or something for a while? Tell us a little bit about that. I lived in Costa Rica. Costa Rica. Central America, all through Central. high school. Wow. I didn't know that. How did I not know that? Yeah, she's a horse trainer, too. She's a rider. <laughs> See, if you know Spanish in ministry, you're going to be busy. <laughs> yes, that's true. Yeah, I can give you. Uh, let me tell you the advice Deacon John told me one time. And he's, he, listens, he listens to every show, so I know he's listening right now. But one of the things he said is, don't learn Spanish. Because <laughs> you will be so busy, it'll be beyond belief. And obviously, True. you've experienced that. Even, at, even as you transitioned out of teaching into youth ministry, but still on the music side of it. Both, mm -hmm. of, both of you. I mean, you don't speak Spanish. I mean, you've I'm probably picked a little bit of it. Yeah, you've picked yes. up on it. Yeah, I, I mean, that's... That's just a huge ministry for us right now, a very dynamic Well, community. the fun part is because the bishops speak Spanish, so everybody tries to speak Spanish, including many deacons and priests. So one of the, one of the priests came to me and said, Lynn, what do you think I should learn Spanish? I said, you can't even speak English. <laughs> <laughs> I say, stick with English. Don't worry about it. People will love we, you. We got to come. <laughs> Keep going. Yeah. Questions go now. You uh, you're very you're very busy because you're into the youth, the music, confirmation. <laughs> and when is our confirmation uh, coming out? Any time soon? July fifth <laughs> at the Sunday Mass Two at nine thirty. I'm so excited. I'm really looking forward to seeing all the kids again because I really haven't seen any of them since COVID shutdown. So. Now you, I'm looking forward to get it done. <laughs> once we get once we get confirmation done, we're done. No. Who else? We got the first communicants done, right? RCIA done. Confirmation. Who else we got? We got about twenty two 
Hispanic, all sorts. Plus about five of the yeah, but confirmation me, me candidates and Tim, that can't be there. Me and Tim, there. no hablo espanol. <laughs> no. But this pandemic is that day. Yes. I, well, I thought about it even after taking Deacon John's advice and not doing it. I still have downloaded uh, Duolingo in Spanish, but I just can't seem to find the, the time. time. The time. It's not the time, the immersion. It's not the language. It's about jump in because most of them can, you know, speak English decently and we, we, we struggle together. The language is not the ability to speak. You know, I'm not comfortable with Spanish either, but you kind of been there. Like today I was preaching, there was a word and I, I could not. The word confianza and, 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 and trust, that is. And I keep, I keep beating my head. I say, go ahead and say it, Father. We know I, I, it's in Vietnamese. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll say in Vietnamese and see what happens. I did, I did say it, then it come out. <clears throat> everybody crack out laughing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a, a lot of the our deacon brothers who who were ordained with us are learning Spanish, obviously. Like you said, everybody's learning Spanish. Ramon, obviously, he's uh, he's the golden boy now, right? He's just about at every ordination reading the gospel in Spanish. And, Fortini, uh, too. Who's that? Fortini. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's How about the, uh, Nickel? Yeah, Nick Nichols. Got a lot of you speak Spanish yeah. well. Well, Nick did what you said. I mean, he, he's done a lot of uh, mission, mission trips, trips yeah. and stuff, yeah. So let's go back to Costa Rica. <laughs> I'd love to. Can we go? Let's go. So what uh, what took you to Costa Rica? My grandfather had retired and moved there. And um, I was living in Massachusetts with my mother in a very small town with a very uh, wealthy population, I guess. Right. And we just, you know, we live there cause my family's been there for 200 years. Um, so it wasn't really a pleasant experience in that environment. So I told my mom at the end of eighth grade, I said, I don't care where you send me, but I'm not going to high school here. <laughs> <laughs> so my grandfather had offered for my brother to come down there for a year when he was having a hard time and he had turned him down. So she said, well, I can call your grandfather and see if you can go there for a year. And I said, okay, let's go. So off I went. And after a year, I said, uh, can I go back, please? <laughs> so you didn't, you didn't speak Spanish when you first went? No, I'd had two years of middle school Spanish, which was not at all helpful. <clears throat> wow. So that's, that's immersion. <laughs> Well, I mean, I went to an American school. Well, but still. So, you know, for the first year, I really didn't immerse myself a whole lot. You know, I could order food at a restaurant and ask for where the restroom was and things like that. But I didn't really immerse myself until um, second year. I started making friends with some people at the barn where the horse was, and they had friends who didn't speak English. And we started hanging out and doing stuff together and had to learn at that point. The horse business is full of Spanish-speaking people. Well, and I've done that, too. Yeah. The job I had before I went to school to be a teacher, I worked on a thoroughbred farm, and I did all the paperwork for all the employees and all the I-9s and new hires and all that kind of stuff. Spanish. Are you in the horse business? 
my daughter is a big horse rider. Yeah. So we were at the barn from nine thirty to three today. She rode four horses. That's a lot of horses. But she was she took Spanish immersions. So she was in a an elementary school where she did half of the day in Spanish. She did math and science in Spanish immersion from first through fifth grade. So she speaks pretty well. But that's here, right? This no, that was in Louisville. In Louisville. She did that. What school was that? That was Hawthorne Elementary. It's the Spanish immersion school in wow. Jefferson County. So she's learning Spanish in an American so school she's in America. Doing pretty well. Right? Yes. You're, you learned Spanish in an American school in Costa Rica. Mm-hmm. I think I think most people should learn Spanish now. I t- what you take in high school? Didn't take any. You didn't, you didn't take a language? Nope. That hey, was requires, yeah. it? Yeah. How did you take, not do that? Didn't take anything. Took French. Nobody uses French. How's that working for you? Then, it's Tim? not working very. <laughs> it doesn't do a whole wee lot for wee. me. I, I, I can wee say. We're we gonna have mass in French now. Yeah. Well, Father Derek. Father Derek. Used yeah. To. Do you remember Father Derek Van Denneker? Was, you was here that before? Yeah. That's before my time. Oh yeah. He, he we had, had him he, for a year. He started a French mass, and then what happened? He asked me to involve, and then uh, who's the other? Was who's that African priest? Bryce, Father Bryce. Know that Father Bryce. So they want to start French Mass. They want me involved. Want Charles involved. I say, okay. When it starts, when you leave, what happened? They didn't listen. And then he left. And they left, and they died. They died. Yeah. I guess they thought because you speak Vietnamese that you should be able to speak French, right? Yeah. (laughs) You know, it's not a problem to celebrate, but yet now we have to do Spanish. You know, I can say the more languages speak, the pain you have to deal with. No way. I'm all about to step into the hornet's nest. <laughs> so, Spanish connects you all. Music connects both of you. Um, so, let's talk a little bit about the Hispanic ministry here. I mean, that's obviously a, a up and growing thing. You're learning Spanish. How hard is that in music? Does does it's easy to sing in Spanish? Yeah. Harder to speak it, you think, and easier to sing it. I just don't know it well. And my boyfriend is Hispanic. He's from South America. So we own businesses together where 90% of the business is Spanish. So So you're going to learn it one way or the other. I'm going to have to learn it one way or the other. Does music, I mean, music like mathematics is a universal language, right? Mm -hmm. So does music make it easier to learn Spanish, you think? Yeah, it can. Yeah, I think it can if you try, you know, if you want to understand what you're singing. It's like singing in Latin or whatever language. If you learn to sing the song properly, it doesn't matter if you understand what it means. So if you're wanting to learn the language that you're singing, then you're going to have to put in the effort to learn it. Right. It's kind of like me chanting at Adoration Close in, in Latin. Pretty much the same. Yeah, it's but if actually, I only do it once every blue moon, it's going to sound pretty crappy. That's right. That right. means you have to do regular. Dallas, <laughs> could you include him on the closing <laughs> at least twice a week, twice a month twice at least? A month. Yeah. Yeah. No, but the language, when you sing, you actually speak slower. Right. Okay, singing pays out so you enunciation better. That's what enchant, that's what we do. Yeah, I just, you know, I, I, I see 
I see that as just a, a great ministry that that really kind of I don't know it it that universal language and the ministry's growing and a good way to get involved and you say yeah just follow along with the words but then COVID hits right well and our Spanish choir rocks I mean but, totally rocks they have they tons do. of people involved and. They totally rock. It's fun to go do Spanish mass. I've walked in a few times. I thought, whoa, what's going on and here? And you walk out. <laughs> I'm surprised. Yeah, you two have not deaconed with me at the Spanish mass. Oh, it's a blast. See? That's something. <laughs> They're speechless. I, I don't know how to. I don't know how. You have to. We have to do the gospel. I don't know how to read Spanish. Oh, believe me. If, if. Uh, I've tried. If, my, my, my son is. Uh, my son knows Spanish pretty decent. And I've tried, and he just sits there and laughs at me. <laughs> I'd be telling somebody something that, you know. Hey, listen, if, if Tom Snyder, somebody. Tom Snyder from Good Shepherd, Deacon, he barely able to speak Spanish at all. But he proclaimed the word beautiful. He practiced every Sunday. I just don't want anybody to kill me because it sounds so bad. I mean, it, it's worse enough when I close adoration and ch- just chant a little bit in uh, Latin. 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 Yeah, I'm like, I hope, I hope the internet feed drops. <laughs> <laughs> oh, salutary. Yeah. Which it looks like we are having a little bit of issue with our uh, internet feed. I don't know why we're on the same internet feed that we use for mass. So uh, we apologize. Hey, Marlita Upton just joined. Hi, Marlita. Hi, Marlita. See, everybody Everybody knows Marlita. Uh, using the same internet feed. So I'm not sure what's happening. I apologize. We apologize for that. Uh, should be identical to what's going on at Mass. But, hey, we get it. So if it's jerky, herky-jerky, and you want to tune back in later, we'll post uh, the full video post up, and we'll we'll fix that. But that's just that's what happens when you move, right? When you move into a different location, that's why we don't like to move. But we needed to move, so we moved. Um but anyway, let's get back. No, but, but, but for me, I, I think I want to pitch the word, you know, for both of them. Like, Denise came at the right time. You know, she has a full experience. She, you know, she managed well and great music ability, you know, released a lot of my headache. You know, for Catherine, besides she have a teaching ability and managed with young people, she jumped right in and then... You know, I got her for two prizes at one, you know. <laughs> she can sing well. And then, you know. She, Believe me, I know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she does tremendous, a lot of great works. So, you know, appreciation both of you in that way. You know, unfortunately, many people not know you guys well enough. But uh, that's the whole. behind the yeah. scenes. Yeah, I mean, that's, there's only two people that usually beat me to mass, and that's sometimes you two. <laughs> sometimes TM every once in a while. Well, it depends on the mass, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't beat you to Cardone because you're here like at the crack of dawn. But, uh, no, I mean, I think that's, you know, one of the things that we've been trying to do here is get ordinary people with ext- extraordinary lives. And obviously, your all's ministry uh, is a critical part of our parish. And,. You know, people see somebody behind a microphone or meeting with the youth, which we'll get to the youth here in a minute. I mean, I'm sure that's challenging in and by itself. But, you know, the music ministry side of it is such a critical part of how we celebrate liturgy, which is what you say drew, one of the things that drew you to the faith, is so important and critical. We just, a lot of times we just take it for granted until we don't have it, right? 
because you've been through a few music ministers in your time here. Only a few. <laughs> just just a few. Cue the music. <laughs> so, but I you mean, know, Pete, the thing is, our folks have forgotten the time when it first came, and they have the thing called Cynthia. I remember. I remember that. And then people don't talk anymore. You know, we we have grown leap and bound with great musicians and tremendous growth. And, and you can tell when. When when Molita left, remember when we kind of in a dry period tried to eat, you know search, and it's dead. You can't celebrate without great music, sacred music. See, Denise, that's when you should. It would have been a great opportunity to say, "Father, I need to talk to you after we're done here." <laughs> <laughs> no, it, I mean the thing about music is that when when you have it. And if it's just okay, at least you have it, and you celebrate Mass and you go about it. But when it's gone, it changes everything. And that's when I think people people start to look at it and say, "Man, I wish we had we I wish we just had the ability to sing." Because in some some of those those vacancies, I mean, did a good job. Catherine was in one of those vacancies, right? Uh, bridging those gaps. A lot of people have stepped up to make it happen. It, but we do have a lot of people here that are talented, right? Well, it's a, a wonderful of, team of people. Yes. Um, in the first couple few masses we did when this all started, we didn't we didn't have music there, right? Right. Nobody in the pew, no music. <laughs> yeah, that's it's a hard way to celebrate. Um, which we transitioned, right? This uh, we've done five masses at Cardone now. Mm-hmm. So, and we did four, I think. Four or five in church with nobody in there, and we all—all all of us were participating in those, and very unique and challenging, right? The COVID experience. Hard to hard to sing when there's nobody out there. Yes, yes. There's just not the energy and the spiritual connection that we have when all of us are uniting in prayer through music. The other thing is when you mess up, there's no one else singing to cover it up for you. <laughs> I get that. It's like the prayer, uh, the prayer of communion, you know, because like when we're saying that, I'm trying to get an angle on the words that are in front of you. You've got the right angle, and we're on the sides. And then just if you just move one way or the other, I can't see all the words, so I make them up. <laughs> and then when you do that, and you're standing next to a live microphone or something like that, it it, it matters, right? And it, but nobody really, I mean, nobody really notices those things. Really, they don't. We think they do, but nobody really notices those things. My mom does. (laughs) (laughs) My mom tunes into every mass that I sing at here and at Good Shepherd. Wow. And we talk on the phone after. She critiques you? No, she's super supportive, but she'll be like, yeah, you you, kind of sounded tired today. (laughs) (laughs) And your brother does that, right? He critiques you. It's your mother. It's my brother. And I love him dearly. But uh, he'll, he'll, he'll find every little thing that's done something different or wrong. He'll be like, why did Deacon Tim get up at the 12-minute mark? <laughs> well, Deacon Tim got up to try to adjust the Internet to maybe, maybe improve it a little bit. So hopefully it happened. I would say it probably didn't. But, hey, but who knows? So who do you, who do you have watching you, Denise, that points out all your flaws? Nobody? No one. Yeah. My you wife, <laughs> my wife watches, but she, I don't know if she watches the whole thing or not. She just, 
She did watch the homily so uh, last week, my homily last week. So that was she gave me some good feedback on that. So. Well, I have to listen three times to make sure identify because everybody critique and they text me, email me. Oof. By my homily. Yeah. Yeah. I think they need to go back and listen to it again. I know. That's why you pulls it up. It's yeah, because okay. it wasn't political. Mm-mm. Intentionally. Although Dallas, Dallas said he was needed to sit down and talk to me about it because there's a couple things he wanted to point out. I can't wait for that. We should maybe do that over a beer. So just saying. <laughs> anyway, how did we get on that topic? <laughs> COVID, <laughs> our COVID experiences, right? So so we're we're... We're, we've transitioned to Cardone. How how is the music ministry? How does that feel at Cardone? Like it probably feels about the same as it did in an empty church. Or well, maybe it's a been bit. good. We've been having limited amount of singers just to limit our exposure. So it's been me and um, Rebecca Demore and Anne and Catherine. So the four of us pretty much are together. So. Can you get and the Megan? Megan, yeah. yeah, Megan. And then the 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 guys, the guys have not sung out there yet. No, they're singing tomorrow, to, um, this well, Sunday. Sunday. Steve's out there, right? And Steve's always there. Yeah, Steve Demore. Um, how is the how is cantering in that environment? I like it. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, obviously, there are people don't have hymnals, right? But some people are. I mean, you're trying to use familiar songs, right? So. Well, we can't see much. There's a giant bush in front of us. <laughs> so so we really can't see what's ourselves. going on. Yeah. But so it's you can like you're hear in a studio. <laughs> Y'all stuck us behind a giant bush. <laughs> <laughs> if you notice, there's giant bushes everywhere. And we're under a tent. Mm-hmm. So that's been good. So you can't see. Can you hear people singing? Yes. Okay. I can, I can hear it. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it sounds great too outside. Oh, d- I mean, Steve I really do. he does a great job, an amazing job getting the sound. He's good. set up. I mean, he gets there. I don't know if he gets there before you do, Dallas, but he gets there early, and not before you. No, nobody gets there before <laughs> Dallas. Um, but it's a good. It's a good. Uh, it's a really good setup that he has for the sound, and I think it projects way out all the way back to the back. So. I just wish we had one of those uh, parabolic microphones that they use on the NFL, <clears throat> Steve, uh, where we could get the crowd noise. You know what I'm talking about? Those, you oh, see yeah, those guys standing out there? So we <laughs> With the big round thing? Yeah, those big <laughs> parabolic mics. Yeah. And then we'd be when, when – because I keep waiting for Father Lynn to say, I can't hear you, and get him to say it louder. Because you used to do that in church all the time, but you have not done that one time at Cardone. That's in church. I know, but it's a way to get people engaged, right? They're all engaging. Okay. <laughs> but it's so great to see so many people out because we can't fit that many at St. John. It's just been wonderful to have one community this week. Together this week. Sunday, we'll see how it goes. Rain. <laughs> There's a four we'll letter word. For sunshine. Pray, pray, pray. That pray four letter word sunshine. hopefully cancels out the other four letter word rain, rain, rain. <laughs> So, Deacon Dallas, you get to make the call this I week. I am the official caller. You'll know that morning. <laughs> so he 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 gets to make the call about whether we're we're going inside or out. So yeah. So instead of being behind a big bush, you'll be behind a big wall, <laughs> <laughs> or looking out a window, or or whatever. So we'll 
we'll figure that we'll figure that out Sunday morning. Uh, looking forward to that. Hey, let's talk just a little bit about uh, youth ministry. So you're the youth minister for not just our parish, but also Catherine for uh, Good, Shepherd. Good Shepherd, right? That's so, correct. So it's got to be challenging in today's world, today's culture. It is challenging. Um, engagement is our biggest hurdle, and finding a way to make youth ministry relatable, relevant, exciting, fun, something that the kids actually want to come to is almost impossible. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, most, do you think most of that's culture? Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, I can't imagine growing up in today's world, the amount of stress no. and pressure and instant gratification, um, it just Inter- having to be entertained every minute of every day. It just, I mean, I just, to me, it's got to be the hard, it's got to be one of the hardest jobs in the whole church is youth ministry. Do you, do you agree with that? Yep. I think there's so many other things now that are available to our youth that probably weren't as readily available when we were that age. You know, there's so much more youth sport involvement. There's so many other opportunities that, you know, when, when I was growing up, those things just weren't always there. So it's a battle against every other thing that they want to do. Right. Yeah, it's got to be, I don't know, it's got to be on, on the kids' list going to church and, and, and going to youth group. Or, it's you, at the very bottom. Yeah, it's, like, faith, I, faith is no longer significant. You know, yeah. it's just one of those fulfillment. It's been replaced. Replaced. Yeah. A lot of uh, a lot of big time national folks trying to make changes there, though, right? I mean, there's some big public speakers and stuff, and I know uh, Deacon is it John Brandon is he the? Is it? Mm-hmm. Um, I know they they try to bring people in and try to energize things, and a lot of work being done, right? Yes, but then, you know, even when you bring somebody in, even just getting them to show up for that event, you know, it's it's, it's a lot of work. It's difficult to to find that appeal of this is going to be really fun, but it's only going to be fun if a lot of you come, you know. Right. And that's the thing that I struggle with youth group is it's not as much fun with four or five kids. You know, we can't do a lot of the things that I would like to do when only four or five kids show up, right. you know, and so I'll tell them, well, okay, well, did you guys have a good time? Yes. Okay. Well, next time bring a friend because it'll be even more fun if there's twice as many of you. But we have the same problem with the adults too. It's true. Which I'm sure that affects you, right? <clears throat> we, we, it's hard for us to keep adults in their faith Yes. and it trickles down to the kids. Yep. You know, one of the criteria I think for the work that you do very successful is the Catholic heart. Yes. Catholic Heart, the mission work, we travel Catholic once a Catholic Heart year. Work? Heart work, work Camp, yeah. Camp. Mm-hmm. Heart Work. Mm-hmm. Heart Work Camp. Heart Work, work Camp. camp. Yes. Okay. And once a, you know, once a year, we travel one week somewhere, and then got kids involved to work, help clean everything. And kids love it. Lots of people there, right? I mean, mm-hmm. busloads. You know, yes. one, one of the, 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 the concepts that, that, you know, I have to bring up you know, Bishop Bob Barron is... One of the criteria that young people are excited is social justice. That's a big thing. Mm-hmm. 
okay, uh, beauty, you know, all of that. But it's social justice, the thing the kid wants to involve, and very effective. And, you know, that that's required a lot more engaging in that. Yeah, and, uh, you know, social justice, uh, the environment, all, all those things are, are big hot topic things that are energizing the younger generations and and I think that's one of the reasons that Ladado C was so important for the church. Um, but again, it's just so much to compete with, mm-hmm. so much to that. So many different. I don't know. I'm not going to call it forces, but I guess it could be called forces pulling people in different ways. But Bishop Barron's done a good job of of digitalizing, you know, mm-hmm. as much as he can. His Bible. Did everybody see his new Bible that was coming out? Mm-hmm. The Gospels. He printed a beautiful Bible, just the Gospels, sold out in twenty minutes. He said they made, they thought they would sell fifty thousand units, and they sold fifty thousand units in the first hour. So he has a he has a knack for creating stuff that people want to buy, and hopefully energize their faith as well. And and you know trying to find that. That special thing to energize the youth, I think, is is what we're all looking for—the Holy Grail. Trying to find the Holy Grail there. Yeah. So tough job. Keep many, doing it. Keep yeah. It. Same thing with adult catechesis, right? Tough job. Nobody wants to. Nobody. Nobody has the time, really. Isn't it? What it kind of boils down to, in a roundabout sort of way, we're we're pulled in so many, and all of us sitting around this table are the same way, right? We got so much going on in our lives. You know, you say I need to do more. Uh, Adoration closes, and I see my wife just joined. She's probably watching right now, and she's probably thinking he needs to do less. <laughs> <laughs> but we all don't. Don't you all? Don't you feel that way too, though? With your church ministry, you're doing a lot, right? Yes. Right. But that's one of the things that I felt about the whole COVID quarantine is I think it showed everybody how busy we keep ourselves, and how maybe some of that busyness really isn't as important as we thought. You know, we've all kind of survived the quarantine fairly whole, I hope. Um, And maybe some of the things that we thought were super duper important are the things that we haven't been able to do. And maybe we found ways to slow down and and spend more time with our families and hopefully engage more with our faith and things like that, that that we kind of let slide because everything else was so much more important. But when we couldn't do all that other stuff, you know, you kind of go, oh, well, wait a minute. I, I've missed all these other I agree. things. I, I mean, and I think if you look at, like, some of the things that are sold out at stores, swimming pools are sold out, basketball goals are sold out, umbrellas, pick on your decks, bicycles, kayaks, bicycles, flower. Yeah. All, all those things that are family, I call them family uh not events, family activities. activities. Yeah, you know, sold out. I mean, it just changes changes your perspective, changes your focus. But will it stick? I don't know. I still see a lot of people walking in our neighborhood. Way more than, and we've been in our house almost five years, and and way more people are still walking the neighborhood now, even though things have opened back up a bit than than did in years past. I agree. You see a lot more people yep. on Main Street, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to ask you because you live out in the country. Down the boonies. Denise, do you see people? a lot of people walking around where you I'm live? I'm mostly at home at the barn. Yeah, so you don't you don't see. But I see horses. Yeah. I, I, I live in Canewood, and it's 
definitely that and golf carts. Somebody allowed golf carts in our neighborhood, and it's just an accident waiting to happen. I saw those are all sold out too, by the way. Yeah, yeah, and they're like, (laughs) you know how much those are? A golf cart can be like eight to fifteen thousand dollars. There's, there's got to wow. be like $10 million worth of golf carts in Canewood. And I saw one the other day that had eight kids in it. And it's just like they were swerving, trying to throw the kids off, off of it. It's, just, it's an accident waiting to happen. But, but I, you know, in a, I, I get upset when I see that because I'm a rules guy. I like rules. No, y'all might find that hard to believe. I'm a rules guy. But, <laughs> but in a way, I'm glad to see that because at least they're out, outside and, and not, you know, on their phones sitting somewhere. So, well, we have so many more ladies that joined the ladies league out at Canewood this year that have just started playing golf because their husbands play golf and they had nothing better to do during quarantine. And so golf. they all went out and got clubs and well, learned how to and, play. And Canewood Open was one of the first courses to open. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was like, wow, look at all these people playing golf, <laughs> you know, because it was something you could do, right? Yep. And they could right. social, they could socially distance by usually by the time they got to the 17th hole which is where i live they weren't doing a very good job at social distancing so i got my bullhorn out and it has a little <laughs> siren on it and i said put the siren on and tell them to socially distance they love you they love me <laughs> especially the ones that hit my house with golf balls so. i never tried that let me try the next time <laughs> Tell me which one's your house and I can hit it. Seventeen. Father usually hits, he usually hits them other houses, but he's never hit yours yet. <laughs> I never thought about. But he's how kind of in. Well, you really got to work hard to hit my house, or be. I well, mean, you got to work at being bad to hit my house, and I, it happens. I could all hit the time. your house. <laughs> That's how bad I am. And then people try to play it off like, wasn't me, and I'm like. Dude, you're the only one around. Okay, it just it just happened. I walk out and you're standing over there. I mean, what the heck's going on? But it, it is good to see people out and about. It's good pe- good to see people exercising more and spending time with their families. Right? I mean, that's that's maybe that'll translate into youth ministry. You know, the whole COVID thing. You know, there's a lot of talk about will Catholics come back to church? That's a big question. I mean, it's I think it's a question that. It's going to challenge our faith. I think Gus Lloyd talked about that. One of the guys that was on the show a few weeks ago, he talked about it on the show this week about how uh, people are preparing to that it's going to be a much smaller church, just just the way it's going to happen. So it's kind of scary, but it's yeah. also you know the people that that are coming to church are going to be hopefully on fire. Their mm-hmm. faith is going to be on fire. So so you're a recent convert. Are you a cradle Catholic or a convert? Convert. When did you When did you convert? Twenty fifteen. Wow, she's a new convert too. You're still in the honeymoon phase. I call myself a toddler Catholic. Toddler Catholic, I like that. So you're an infant Catholic, and she's a toddler. So you came in here. Yes. Father Lynn. Yes. Did Father Lynn recruit you? You know, because the Catholic schools recruit in high school sports. So did he recruit you? No, he actually told me I wasn't ready yet when I told him I wanted to. You actually told somebody they weren't ready. I didn't think you ever did that. Oh, I Don't said you a lot remember too. when we went into the diaconate? Oh, well, that's a different discussion. <laughs> he told everybody no on that, but I, th- I didn't think you'd ever tell anybody no, that they weren't ready on that. Oh, no. believe I me, I say plenty. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So she wasn't ready, but here she is. <laughs> <laughs> well, about a month later, it, w- it was okay then. Okay. So you learned something in that month. I guess. <laughs> 
2019. No, he learned something. He learned she could speak Spanish. (laughs) Oh, she speaks Spanish. She's in. She gets a free pass. You get a hall pass right to the front of the line. You're the first one to be. Were you you baptized before or were you baptized? I was baptized in the Episcopal Church when I was five. Okay. Okay. And were you baptized? I was baptized by my Southern Baptist. Okay. So, my so. dad was a, fab, a Southern Baptist minister. Oh. My dad baptized me when I was seven. Wow. So, wow, that's a, that's another that can be a whole discussion right there. Your your father is a Southern Baptist and you're mm-hmm. Catholic. Is he still alive? Mm-hmm. What's oh, he yeah. What's he think about that? I'm still ministering, still spreading the gospel. Wow. So. Okay. Well, because, you know, some Baptists wouldn't look favorably on that. You know that, right? Well, some Catholics think Catholics is all there is, too. So. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you're a cradle Catholic and you're still in the faith and you haven't left, become a nun, N-O-N-E, N-O-N-E, not mm-hmm. become a nun, and you're still practicing your faith, you kind of think, yeah, the Catholic Church has it going on, you know? I know Dow thinks that way. Absolutely. You know, if you watched our interview with Gus Lloyd, he specifically said he thinks everybody in the world should be Catholic. Now, there's a lot of people that don't believe that, right? There's a lot of bishops that don't believe that, right? Do you agree or disagree with that statement? I mean, become or not, because Catholic is the Catholicity. I want to. Right. Universal. No, not just universal. Well, he doesn't start a church and not want you to be part of it. I mean, right, it really comes down. It's to ground that. rooted. It, it, it's it's rooted. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of theology there to that statement that you that you just said. I mean, we could talk, oh, we could spend multiple shows talking about that. But generally, I think that most most Southern Baptist. I've worked with a Southern Baptist guy twenty two years now, and he's trying to convert me, and I'm trying to convert him. He's a pastor. Uh, he's working on his PhD in, at uh, the Theological Seminary in Louisville. Great guy, love him to death. Great friend of mine. Uh, but you know, we have we have our differences, and we know what they are. <laughs> and we, he respects me, and I respect him. He thinks he's right, and I think I'm right. So, and I think that's been the most interesting. I actually got my master's degree at Southern Seminary. Okay, in church music. Many, many years ago. But I think that's been the most interesting thing, being a musician in the church and being in eight different denominations and having friends throughout all of the faiths. No, and I, and I you know, I, I respect all those faiths, right? I mean, the, the church used to teach that the only way, pre-Vatican II, right? Correct me if I'm wrong here. Pre-Vatican II, you had to be Catholic to, get, to have salvation. Church doesn't teach that anymore. Well, it does teach all salvation comes, comes through, through the, the church. Yeah. Through the church, okay. yes. Semantics, Dallas. <laughs> I'm glad you're here. Well, that's in case anybody's at home going, what did I just hear him say? Okay. Right. So and if, if a Baptist minister was here, he would say that you can only get salvation through Jesus Christ, period. Uh, so I think there are there are some theological differences and, and that might be a good show to have sometime. Just talk talk through those. You you actually had uh, some time with uh, was it a Presbyterian minister? You did your talk at uh, Slante. Oh, uh, uh, Todd Raspberry. 
Was he? He's Baptist, right? No, he's uh, Presbyterian. Presbyterian. So, when you get into those different eight denominations, that's a lot. I mean, I guess the theology of music is pretty uniform, right? I mean, no, the literature. It's not. Really, no. Well, sacred music not allowed. Our sacred music is not ours. Catholic. Our, yeah. Catholic sacred music is different from everybody else's yes. music. Okay. It requires a lot. I mean, your deacon just a couple of weeks ago was up there singing a non-Catholic hymn from the pulpit. You and he admitted. Okay. Yeah, it's okay. fine. I admitted it was bad theology, remember? You <laughs> <laughs> did. You did. You did. And our music people sang it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's still a great song. And I admitted it. It was a great song. I love it. I, I still can't believe it was that, that many years ago. So, And I was surprised, too, when I looked it up. I was like, wow, 2001. Wow. When that came out. We're getting old. All right. One last question for each of you. Actually, there's going to be two questions. The first question is, what is something we should know about you that we don't know? Who wants to go first? If you want all the viewers to know. Actually, all the prisoners to know. Can we come back to that one? What's sure. the other question? That's the last question. No idea. The, the second question... <laughs> Aren't you given a list, a little heads up on that one? No, there are there are no pre questions disseminated to our our our, uh, our guests. It's just it's a rule we have. Who is a person that you think we should have on the show? That's another one you didn't give them time to think about. I know, <laughs> Father Lynn. What is something somebody should know about you that they don't know? Something that people know need they, to know about me, but they don't know. They don't know yet. I've been thirteen years. Yeah. I pretty much know. Everybody knows everything about you. I doubt it. <laughs> Nobody knows anything about you. I bet you this. I don't know. I'm very introvert. Well, I knew that. You do. Not everybody. Uh, you know, we could have like a one of those game shows where we try to predict the answers of the clergy and the musicians and stuff. Staff. That'd be a good show to have. There you go. Like a panel. Mm-hmm. Game show at like a fundraiser. Oh, I was going to say, put me in charge of fundraising. Not. <laughs> we'll leave that to uh, Chuck, Chuck Comer, Comer <laughs> who did tune in tonight, So, by the way. So, okay, that's what I was called. I was giving it a little stretch there, stretching it out a little bit. So if y'all don't have an answer, that's fine. I mean, you did tell us a lot. The whole Costa Rica thing okay, was a big so deal. Eight that you didn't know about. That I didn't know about. Eight denominations that I didn't know about. Those are big, those are big things. Right? Okay, so I... After high school, went to Midway College. I got a degree in equine management and worked on thoroughbred farms in Lexington for several years and broke probably over three years about 80 racehorses. Wow. I thought she was going to say I broke every bone. <laughs> <laughs> and I've never broken a single bone. Yeah. So, the, yeah, I was, I was thinking she was going to say the same thing. I was like, that's a good commercial not to be in a horse business. <laughs> no, I've never broken anything. Oh, good. So the whole race, race horse thing. Wow. That's pretty cool. Well, if you want to be in horses in Kentucky, that's pretty much where you got to go because there's not any money to be made anywhere else. Well, there's not any money to be made really in the horse business in general. People that are in the horse business have money, right? So true, and occasionally you get somebody that that gets lucky, right? Yes. Yeah, but there's not a lot of money in horses. People spend a there. Wait a minute. Let me rephrase that. There is a lot of money in horses being spent. So, <laughs> all right. So Denise, 
Yeah, anything? Um, I am working on my doctorate degree at University of Cincinnati at College Conservatory of Music. I finished the coursework in 2012, so I am studying for my written exam as we speak. So we'll see when I can get that done. So we had to call you Dr. Denise. No. (laughs) (laughs) Is there a doctor in the house? Are Are you a realtor? No, I do not have my real estate. I do have my insurance agent's license. Though. Insurance? Oh, that's and what I was saying. And you sell peaches. And I sell peaches. I'm becoming wow. quite an entrepreneur. This is what happens when you date one and you're a musician. And he thinks you should make more money Well, COVID. being a musician. COVID, so. COVID makes people think in different ways, too, right? So. And you'll never get rich working for the Catholic Church, right? Or being a musician, either one. Yeah. <laughs> or selling peaches. No, we're doing okay. Selling oh, well, maybe we should sell peaches too. <laughs> Fundraiser. Yeah. Uh, come to St. John's and buy peaches. Actually, come to, it's the bank there by Canewood, right? Isn't uh-huh. that where you're at? Yeah. Yes. The so. bank? What bank? Um, People's Bank. You sell peaches there? Yeah. How the hell don't know about that? There. Tune in it's to Deacon's Discussions and Drinks, weekend. man. You'll find oh. out everything you want to know about somebody right it's here. It's only our third weekend selling this weekend. What bank? People's Bank. People's Bank? And you have a peaches stand there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we do. When, when are you there? <laughs> and they're We're fresh. We're there 12 to 5, Saturday and Sunday. Oh, Saturday and Sunday. It's my daughter's first job, so she's been the entrepreneur helping me get all the stuff together. Are you paying her minimum wage? No, more. You shouldn't say that on the You don't hard peaches? <laughs> you sell hard peaches? Hard? Hard peaches? Yeah. What's a hard peach? What the heck? You pick it early? Not yeah, pick like, it early. Yeah. Well, they're all picked early, right? They've got to be yeah. right when they, no, no, they I, come I, to you. I, I'll, I'll eat them. It's not, not <laughs> ripe. All right. Let's go to Saint of the Day. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's why the people don't know that. I get it. Hey, Saint of the Day. I, I picked the Saint today because uh, I didn't like who uh, Franciscan picked for today. They actually picked uh, a non-Saint. They Dude, picked a blessed, blessed. A blessed uh Franciscan because of Franciscan media, but I picked tomorrow's saint of the day, Saint Cyril of Alexandria. Uh, anybody want to tell me why he's important? I already told Dallas. What's the one thing that makes him important? Anybody? Okay, listen. This is Franciscan media's saint of the day for June 27th. Today we celebrate Saint Cyril of Alexandria. Cyril, recognized as a great teacher of the church, began his career as Archbishop of Alexandria, Egypt, in the early 5th century. In this role, his sometimes violent actions included pillaging and closing the churches of heretics and confiscating the property of Jews in retaliation for their attacks on Christians. Cyril's overall importance lies in the role he played in fighting the Nestorian heresy, centered around the two natures, human and divine, in Christ. Nestorius believed that Mary was not the mother of God, but only of the man Jesus. He implied that Christ's humanity was merely a disguise. As the Pope's representative at the Council of Ephesus in 431, Cyril condemned Nestorianism and proclaimed Mary truly the Theotokos, or God-bearer, the mother of the one person who is truly God and truly human. In the confusion that followed, Cyril was deposed and imprisoned for three months. After that time, he was welcomed back to Alexandria, where he adopted a policy of moderation that kept extreme partisans under control. Cyril died in 444. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. 
From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. Theotokos. Theotokos. Guy Bear. That's what cereal's all about. Theotokos. Well, we're at the end of the show, ladies. Gentlemen. Thank you. Thanks for coming. Glad to hear. Thanks yeah. for having me. Thanks for having it w- us. It wasn't as hard as you thought it would be, was it? It's fine. <laughs> it wasn't as I bad as I talk all the time. It's all good. Well, we do thank you for coming. And the oh, next time you, yeah, the next time you come back, it'll even be easier. So. There's going to be a next time. Yeah, there will be. There will be a next time. It depends what the comments say when we're done. With <laughs> yeah, because and you didn't give us a future guest, so we just have to plug your name back in <laughs> to the rotation. That's the way that works. You, if you don't want to come back, you have to give us a name. So, anyway, we thank you guys for coming. I learned a lot, and I'm sure the folks learned a lot. Uh, we did get one question that I see. Uh, Mike Bell wants to know if the church organ is functional. I don't think we have a church organ anymore, do we? We do. Is it functional? Yeah. Need some help? Needs a donation? Oh, major donation. I want a pipe organ. How much would that cost? Uh, depends. $300,000. How many pipe you need? Okay. Let's start smaller. Well, let's look at the organ clearinghouse. There are always churches trying to sell organs. So, Yeah, so if somebody's out there where they want to donate funds for an organ, they can do that, right? Oh, definitely. Absolutely. And the best way for them to do that is to go to ssfj.org. That's ssfj.org. You can donate for all of our ministries there, all the special collections, all the weekly uh, offertories, ssfj.org. And if you want to donate for a Hundred thousand dollar pipe organ. Just put that in the memo line and just write the check, right, Father? Oh yes. We'll we'll take your money. Uh, but the organ at church is owed and needs help. So contribute money, donate money, and if you want to donate to deacons' discussions and drinks, we'll take your money too because we don't like hopping around. This is great. We love being we love being in Cardone. There's a little bit of an echo in here. Uh, our internet feed messed up just a little bit. So next week we're off, right? Everybody's off next week. You okay mm-hmm. with that? Yes. You all have Mass with the Bishop, right? Are you excited about that? No. You all excited about Mass with the Bishop? No. Yes. Confirmation. How many we got? <laughs> Confirmande. I believe there will be 38 of them there on Sunday. Wow. There, there were 44 total. This coming Sunday is the first time we will attempt walk-up communion, right, Father? This uh, coming Sunday we attempt walk-up communion, yes. Unless it rains. Or no, we'll we're agree. praying for sun. Yeah. If, if it rains, we're still going to do it, right? Oh, yeah, it'll <laughs> rain. We got tent point. We, were, we got tents. Yeah. There you go. We just got to get Jesus out to the tents. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so bring lots of purificators, okay, Dallas? I already thought of that. Okay. Yes. So a lot of stuff going on in the parish, so we're going to take a week off from uh, deacons' discussions and drinks. Don't forget about us, because in the week following that, the July, what is that? July 10th. 10th. Yeah. July 10th, we will have Lavinia Spirito with us, founder of Catholic Way Bible Study. She's going to be joining us. That should be a great discussion. Um, so... Just let us know if you got any suggestions or ideas about the show. Um, you know, we, we love doing it. We love talking to people in our parish. We like talking to people outside of our parish. I know Deacon Dallas has got some people on his list. 
I'm waiting to see if he can pull one of those big fishes. Father Lynn, you still need to pull a big fish too. Don't forget, guest. I, I got, yeah. I got both of them here. But at national level, you keep saying you can. Who did he say he could get? The Pope, I think it was. Was it the Pope? <laughs> he said somebody. Just, just, I mean, if you want to get Pope Francis, we'll take him. Bishop John, right? That I'll leave that one up to you too. That's easy. Okay. If well, you want a controversial. If I want a what? Controversy. It would be controversial. Yeah. Really? I don't think so. I, <laughs> I control the mics. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I think, you know, I'm not afraid. Of, I'm not afraid of that. I'm not afraid of anything on on here. So I think it's just a discussion. Just like I said at the beginning, it's just a discussion. And you know, people have a story. All people have stories. But you told us, was it Jimmy Aiken? Who did he say? I can't remember. But you said you could get them, so get them. Go get them. We need guests. (laughs) It might have been Scott Hahn. It was. It was Scott Hahn. Scott (laughs) Hahn. He's on your list. you got to go get him. All right. As always, if you're watching on Facebook, please hit the like button, leave a comment, question, preferably a thumbs up. If you're watching on YouTube, hit subscribe because we like subscribers. And if we get to 1,000, which we're a long ways away from that, lots of magical things happen when you get 1,000 subscribers on YouTube. Uh if you're listening on Apple, Spotify, or any other on the podcast side of it, please hit subscribe as well and leave a rating if you can. And I already talked about SSFJ.org. So at the end, do you guys have anything else uh, you all want to talk about? No. We're good. Nope. We're yeah. good. Dallas, you're up, man. You get the blessing tonight. May the peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with all of you. And with, with your, your spirit. spirit. And may Almighty God bless everyone here and out there in the the radio waves father son holy spirit amen amen Amen. Amen. until next week i'm deacon tim i'm deacon dallas i'm father lynn and who are you all Catherine colin denise whittington hey good night everybody see ya did you ever stop and think why spend too much time just getting ready I don't know a single thing that I haven't done to make you notice me